Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even if you are having a difficult time and it's a difficult moment, you, there is a way that you can, you know, release, like you said, that release, have that moment of, you know, whether it's be free and kind, maybe it's sharing a, a funny story, an anecdote, a joke. That there are these moments that actually um, allow us to, to 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 break that chain of distress. Welcome to the Humorology Podcast with me, Paul Barros, and my glittering lineup of guests from the worlds of business, sport, and entertainment, who are going to share their wisdom and their use of humor with you. Humorology is the study of how humour can dramatically improve your business success and your life. Humorology puts the fun into business fundamentals, increases the value of your laughing stock and puts a punchline back into your bottom line. Please remember to like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. My guest on this edition of the Humorology podcast is an award-winning author and one half of the team behind the Blank podcast. His book, The Fearsome Beastie, was awarded the People's Book Prize, Heart of Hoik Children's Book Award, Busy Baby Gold Award and the US Forward National Literary Award. His award-winning podcast, Blank, asks well-known guests what they do when their mind goes blank. His work uses humour and humility to help humanity hold it all together. His most recent book, also called Blank, compiles a compendium of compelling conversations that provide counsel for creating clarity and calm in the most calamitous moments. On Twitter, a medium not known for its consistent caring, he is considered the king of being kind. Giles Paley Phillips, welcome to the Humorology podcast. Hi Paul, it's lovely to see you, thanks for having me on. Oh it's absolutely my pleasure and it's lovely to have somebody who's got such positivity uh, on the podcast. Um, you are relentlessly positive and kind on social media, do you think it's difficult to be both comedic and kind? I don't think it's difficult. I think, um, I guess a lot of the time, I guess you see, we see comedy as a way of poking fun at things. 
and um i mean i think as a species we you know we we should learn to sort of be able to take jokes ourselves you know like take that on and take kind of little pokes and and prods at ourselves and the way we do things and i think uh, and I think actually as a nation, the UK, we're, we're, we're not too bad at that. We're not too bad at um, seeing the fun and, and silliness in, in, in life. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's important to be, I mean, obviously on a medium like Twitter, for example, it's very difficult um, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of anger around and we, you know, we, particularly when we get into things like politics or, you know, football, for example, is another thing. And those two things have kind of become a bit intertwined the way either that tribalism has be, has kind of come into football, from football rather, into into things like politics and everyday life. And we've sort of seen that and there's a lack of nuance now on, on particularly on social media. And so, you know, you are in one tribe or another. So that makes it a, a much more difficult playing field uh for comedy i think sometimes because um you know obviously people think take things to heart a little bit more but i think yeah it's so important for us all to be able to have a sense of humor i think that's got to be our first thing is to not take ourselves too seriously in life yeah i mean well that's what the whole humorology project is all about is actually um being able to laugh at things because uh mm. from a psychological point of view if you can laugh at things it diminishes the way you feel about them uh, you've had um uh, quite a well documented quite tough times in your life uh, um and I hope you don't mind me starting with this when you were young, um, mm. losing uh, your mother at six mm. years old. Uh, I mean, as a six year old, uh, can humor actually um, come into the healing process? Yeah, it certainly can. I mean, I mean, I remember the, the even the morning my mum passed away. Uh, I remember coming downstairs and my dad telling us, you know, telling me and my brother that she passed away and in the kitchen. So in our in our family, the um, my dad's mum, sort of my maternal um, grandmother, was hilarious. Uh, often not on purpose, but she he had she was just very funny. Um, always doing things kind of haphazardly or wrong. Quite she was quite eccentric. She was from Northumberland and that Durham in particular, a little town, a little village called Crook. And I think like humour and and being. Sort of slightly silly and, and and laughing a lot was a big part of the culture there and it, it did sort of seep into our lives a lot but anyway even that day like even that morning when we found out these dreadful news she was clattering away in the kitchen i think she was breaking stuff you know stuff breaking on the floor she was trying to make people breakfast burning toast and you know just this kind of like coffee of just classic things that she would do and um you know that kind of you know you sort of think oh you know Christ, what's 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 Nan doing in the kitchen? Yeah. I mean, you know, you like, you know, you sort of get this clang of no news that you know you've lost your parent, and then there's this clang of a saucepan falling on the floor. You know, it just uh, kind of breaks up. You know, kind of broke up the, the, the that awful, dreadful news that we had. Um, so yeah, and she's been a. I mean, she was a prominent part of my youth of finding things funny and 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 you know us again us slightly poking fun at her a lot of the time. I mean, she had dreadful wind. All the time, which is you know, as a child, is a is a is a wonderful, wonderful um, comic thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And um, you know, she would, but she would find that funny as well. You know, I mean, um, funny enough, I saw um, someone had put tagged me in a, a post recently of of someone who was desperately trying to get to the loo and skirting across this room and just farting all the way across the room as they sort of darting towards the toilet, and it just reminded me of her. 
totally i showed it to my wife said so this is this is what my nan was like you know just like, <laughs> belly laughing trying not to shit herself basically no <laughs> <laughs> well i mean but it's an extraordinary release because i i mean yeah. We talk about, I mean, I've interviewed people who've been in war zones, people who've mm. been under real stress and trauma. Mm. And, and the, the loss of a parent has to be the greatest trauma there possibly can be. And the fact that you recognise that laughter was some kind of a route out of mm. there is amazing, even at that young age. Yeah, and yeah, and, and obviously, you know, I, I guess those are the sort of things. Also, those are the kind of memories that stick with you a little bit to a certain extent. You kind of think of those, those humorous uh, moments, and sometimes you try and seek them out in your mind. Like you know, try and think. You know, I would think back to like those difficult days. You know, lead. You know, leading to my mother's death. She she had leukemia. She was ill for a long time. I mean, again, she she was was always upbeat and and tried to be as. Um, yeah, I guess for us as a family, tried to be as upbeat and po as positive as she could, even up until she passed away. And she was ill for three years with very intense um, leukemia. Um, and But always tried to put on a smile and have a brave face, you know. And I think, again, that sort of seeped into, and I guess a lot of what I try and put out now as well, model with, with my social media presence is is that, you know, even if you are having a difficult time and it's a difficult moment, you, there is a way that you can, you know, release, like you said, that release, have that moment of, you know, if, whether it's be free and kind, maybe it's sharing a, a funny story, an anecdote, a joke, that there are these moments that actually um, allow us to, 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 to break that chain of distress that you're going through and, and think about the world. And, and, and it's very much a part of the human condition, isn't it, to find these moments that give us that release. Well, absolutely. And I, I mean, I know that you're you're very helpful to the hundreds of thousands of people around the world and and who are going through difficult times of depression and grief and all the, uh, those things. Do you, do you think you can help not uh, just um, post something happening to people, but by giving people resilience? by using humor or attitude or or kindness or whatever we term it as yeah absolutely i think even if you're you know if you're in the eye of the storm of that moment wherever you're going through i think that is really important to to dig into those those feelings and those you know i i think like with regards to kindness i think you know there's that sort of philosophical philosophical sort of question is whether is there is there a you know is there a moment of kindness or an act of kindness that isn't selfish in some way because you know what we do when we we're kind or we're nice or we're positive or we say something funny well you know wherever it might be you know being humorous as well we're, we're getting something out of that as ourselves to a certain extent yeah. but that that's that's a good thing you know that is good that's great because i think if you're going for a difficult time I and mean, when i'm feeling if i'm feeling down or anxious or anything I, I i sort of lean into those sort of things because they often make me feel better they lift my mood and i think obviously if you're doing that for someone else it's lifting their mood as well so you have this kind of um you, you're both having these moments where you're you're feeling lifted or empowered or inspired whatever it might be and i think that's really really vital so i think yeah there is something to be said for that um definitely so I think, yeah, it's really important to lean into those things, those moments and and try to, 
utilize them for yourself as well as other people. Yeah, I think that's really wise. It's a symbiotic process. And also there's a saying in psychology that if you want anybody to go into any state, you have to go into that state yeah. first. And so uh, you are the living embodiment of somebody who is going and staying in a positive state and taking people with you. And I, I think that's, you know, a model that actually other people can copy because, you know, we all know those people that, that, that I was recently talking about this with Joe Brown, the, the dementors who yeah. come and suck your energy. And actually, uh, Joe came up with a wonderful term, which was a humor hoover. Oh, which, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you are the antithesis of that. You are actually just concentrating, and I know it must be difficult to do it all the time, on giving positive energy, giving healing energy to people. How do you do that? And how can people learn to do that more? Um, like I say, I think there's something ingrained in me, I think that's come from, I guess also, I guess a lot of it is to do with gratitude. I feel very grateful to be here I've you know I've had some very difficult moments along the way and obviously I've had a lot of loss in my life you know I lost my father as well in my 20s um early 20s and so you know I've had a lot of loss parental loss and um just difficult moments along the way and I feel I just feel really grateful to still be here like I feel grateful for every day like waking up and being in this world and yes there's not every day doesn't come without its challenges but at the same time, that that level of gratitude allows me, I think, or, or certainly gives me the the power to, to sort of put push some of that stuff out back out into the world. And like you say, model it. I mean, it's really it's really hard to, particularly with social media. You know, we've obviously we've alluded to that a little bit, but you you know, go on social media. It's very easy to get sucked into you know whatever it might might be doom scrolling or it might be just getting into a debate with someone. Um, and, and, and when you get angry about something, there's, you know, and there's nothing wrong with speaking out about particular, you know, things that are going on in the world that you don't agree with. Um, but for me, I think sometimes, like you said about energies, you use up so much energies on those things that actually that energy could be used in modeling a different kind of behavior, um, a different way of approaching conversation, a different way of approaching people and connecting with them in a in, on a different level um and being able to model kindness compassion empathy i think are things that a lot of us have forgotten to do and maybe it's harder sometimes on social media i think it's easy it's, it's probably easier to do that in real life you know for example this morning went to the shop and the lady dropped her shopping and went and helped her that's that that's a sort of you know that's an instinctive thing but i think when particularly online we've we've kind of that's more difficult to do i think and you know i've i've been ridiculed in the past by people on on social media for for attempting to create a different environment because some people do want to use those platforms to vent and rage but i think also those those platforms are there to have connection with one another to connect and you know that's probably why they were invented to a certain degree they are it is social i mean i think i put the, a post up recently it's social media not anti-social media you know oh, because <laughs> because that's what it you know is it's supposed to be for connecting with people having conversations learning more about ourselves and the world 
through that connection and you know that 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 I think unfortunately that that has been eroded slightly so if I can in some way my some small way I can create a community that I'm involved with that are doing something more positive and lighthearted and kind then you know that's that's become a bit of a uh, I suppose it's weirdly become a bit of a mission so what makes you laugh Charles what makes me laugh oh ev- loads of stuff I'm uh ah uh, goodness probably I laugh the most when I'm with um old friends I would say probably the old I've got a friend called Dave who was around yesterday to watch the football with me um obviously we were recording this after um England played in the Euros and uh we just laughed all the way through we were just sort of saying stupid things saying silly things remembering old times I mean talking about people we went to school with and how certain players look like our, our friends from the 1990s um it just yeah, just very silly conversations and you know I, I yeah particularly with old school friends I think often also those those people know you the best don't they so you know you have these long if you're lucky to have um friendships that have had some longevity to them I think that, that those are often the most funny moments when you spend time with those people yeah, well, I, I was watching the same game uh, with Ainsley, um, who yeah. was on the podcast yes. uh, recently, uh, and uh, we did exactly the same. We went to school together, um, oh, uh, and uh, were you laughing at Harry Maguire's hair as well? <laughs> we did laugh at Harry Maguire's <laughs> hair, yes. <laughs> and and what we, Dave and I have started doing as well is when the camera pans to... Uh, the coaching staff and they're talking to other we start doing voices for them so we go oh yeah well you've got to slip in down there all right and then um oh no no not you not you no him him like, <laughs> so we started doing like you know making up voices for gareth southgate giving instructions to the players that are about to come on so yeah very silly but um but yeah uh, i always feel much better and, and uplifted after i've had a, an afternoon with dave isn't it you see i think um silliness is underrated um because you know that childish behavior it's funny when ainsley and i are together um his kids who are now grown up uh, uh, go you are like two children and (laughs) and my answer is always thank you yes yes absolutely (laughs) i mean i've got two yeah um, fun enough i've got two boys 14 and 12 so one is in in the teenage years the other one is and and i am super silly with them i mean constantly i always sing songs when we go to when i walk my eldest still walk him to school and i sing songs to him about you know generally things about toilets or poo you know even and and he and and what what's great is that he gets quite annoyed by it and now obviously that that that, that spurs me on to do it even more <laughs> um you know as any good father would do so yeah it's it, those those things are also yeah i think like when your kids are starting to say oh goodness you're like so annoying and irritating and and, and actually those things make me laugh loads I mean I, I giggle away when I'm <laughs> coming up with stupid songs well, yeah well it's why it's one of the only I, I'm the father of a 20 year old and it's one of the only joys left is yes. to do <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's great. So tell me a true funny story about something that's happened to you, Giles. Well, uh, it's, well, again, this is, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, well, most of my funny stories do involve my friend Dave and it would be on my stag night. And we'd gone to the, I think we'd gone to the dogs in, in Hove 
um, the Greyhound racing to watch and have a meal and um, got quite, they got quite, I mean, I don't drink, I'm teetotal, but they got quite drunk. And Dave, we couldn't find him anywhere. He'd gone missing. Um, this isn't unusual as well. He had like, he's got a bit of reputation for doing this. And he was kind of like, everyone's looking for him. The whole party is about 30 of us all looking for Dave. Suddenly, out of nowhere, we hear this noise. And like a superhero, we see Dave in a, um, he'd picked up one of those, like a, a shopping trolley. <laughs> and he was, the, the, now the, the, I should caveat this with the, the, the car park that we, in, we were in waiting for him was, um, had a quite a long slant on it. It was, and it was quite big, very big actually. Um, all we could see was this, this sort of far off image of a, of a shopping trolley coming further and further towards us. And then we can see Dave riding on the shopping trolley without any, like with no control. He's, he's going, he must've been going about 30 miles an hour, which is pretty fast on a shopping trolley. And out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, a rose bush appeared. And, and like, you know, those Velcro walls that people used to have fun with, he hit it for head first and his body flipped up and literally he was stuck on it upside down on the bose bush and all you could hear was this <laughs> and you stuck on it and i never forget that it was um and and all of us were absolutely pissing ourselves laughing at him uh, and and it took us quite some time to get him down um he was stuck in that thorny because bush. you were laughing so, too hard. Well, exactly exactly <laughs> we left him there for, well we left him there for quite a while and then uh, when we eventually did get prize him out he was quite um quite sore <laughs> but yeah so that, that that was the moment literally when i read that question i thought that is the moment that pops into my head is that wonderful and you just see for those of you listening rather than watching this and mm. everything your whole face lit up just at the memory and it, and that's uh, I, I always say to people that uh, the the mind can't tell the difference between something that's real and something that's vividly mm. imagined so the one thing you are in control of is your mind and going to things that really, really anchor and trigger those responses where you go, because I don't know how you feel about this, um, but I'd be very interested to find out that actually we do have a choice of where to put our attention and our energy. And you put it towards gratitude, but you might as well put it towards a great memory mm. of something that made you laugh feel great as opposed to concentrating on something we've all had memories that are, are, are miserable what do you feel yeah no absolutely i think you know it is within us you know i think to make a positive change in our life to we, kindness and gratitude and happiness and positivity all the things we've kind of been alluding to and talking about those are within us and we have the power and uh to think those things to remember those things to empower those things in ourselves and to react in a certain way as well. And it's all within us. I mean, you know, we have to, yeah, we, we, we have to um, give ourselves those moments and actually think to ourselves, do I want to be happy today? Do I want to be positive today? Do I want to put my energy into good things today? Or do I want to put them into bad? And I think, you know, if we were given a choice, if you like someone you woke up and said, or do you want to be in a good mood today? Or do you want to be in a bad mood today? Well, obviously, we'd choose the good mood, wouldn't we? But 
So I think we can make that choice within ourselves. We can, you know, there will be tests along the way. In, a, in, a, in any normal day, there are little tests, but it's what, how you handle each of those tests and how you lead yourself through them. And I think we can always do it in a positive way. I think there's always the, there's always an option to be positive or kind or, or, or take something with humour. I think there is always that within us. Is everyone potentially funny or are some people humourless? Oh, I don't think anyone's humourless. Well, I like to think that no one's humourless. I think we all have potential, but there's all things that... We, I think even the most sour of pussies would be... Um, would find something funny. So I think... I don't know. I, I don't really think that you can be humourless. I think there are people, I mean, you said sort of spoke earlier about these sort of humor, um, humor hoovers or humor sponges, I suppose, like people that could soak up your humor or take it away from you in some way. Um, but I think, yeah, I think we've all got a potential for humor. We've all got potential to do something funny, to say something funny or find something funny. So, no, I, I think we, there is, I think there is a potential for everybody to have humour of some sort. Well, do, you, do you think that potential is, because uh, you said you caveated it with find something funny, so everybody can find something funny. Yeah. Do you think everybody can potentially make other people laugh or make Again, I think, yeah, I suppose, I, I, I suppose in some circumstances it might be um, <laughs> unintentional, uh, unintentionally making someone laugh. Now, look, I've got some neighbours up the road. Um, they won't listen. They won't be listening to this. So they, it's hold fine. on, hold on. We're quite a big <laughs> podcast. Yeah, no, no. We're, we're quite yeah. big round your manor. Um, well, apologies to them now if they are listening, because <laughs> um, I'm going to be a bit mean about it. No, they're very, they do seem very, like, funny enough, I said the other day that I, I almost, I didn't say they were humorless, but I just said to my, I remember saying to my, they're very dour, those, that, that couple they're a bit older they don't like people parking outside the house they've got a big thing about people parking outside the house um they've even put like little wooden um trunks of trees to stop people past so there's this real like agenda against parking um and i thought you know they they must there must be something inertly in them that um is really like they're, 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 there's no humanity there they got this real they seem very staunch and um very when i see them they, they don't look happy they don't look happy but the other day they were i saw the couple together and they were having a little laugh together and i thought well look then i must they, he's obviously said something funny to his wife and she's found it funny and i thought well do you know what they they're just the same as us they just have they just got a different view of the world but they still find things funny there's still there's still humor within them there's still something nice about them it's just that we i haven't been able to tap into that yet but there's something there so as much as i sort of think well they're so miserable those two up the road that there's something in there for them that they that they find funny so i think i i want to get to know them a bit more because i want to know if there is something funny there or not but certainly something tickled them and 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 i thought well okay i have to have a rethink about the couple up there well, that's it's really interesting because, I mean, I was thinking all the way through when you were talking that about that, I was thinking, I wonder if Giles is like me and feel, finds those people a challenge. And then at the end, you went, I want to see if I can actually connect with them. 
and yeah. uh, and I think that comes down to an attitude, an attitude of like, rather than going, those are miserable sods and they're <laughs> done. Yeah. You kind of go, I, I mean, I keep wanting to go on and, and, and look, can I find the humanity yeah. and the humor in there? And do you, do you feel that, that, that drive, that passion to do that? I do, I think. And especially if I guess in some ways, even more so, because there is a challenge there, you know, because you think, oh, they are miserable sods up the road. But yeah, so there is a more of like, I want to find out. I want to find out if they are really miserable, if they do hate all the neighbours um, and everyone else in, in in the whole of the town <laughs> I live in. But because I don't think they do, you know, and I think they just they just got their own way and they've got their own thoughts about, you know, They've obviously had some parking issues in the past. This is clearly a, a thing on parking, but doesn't mean that they don't go home and watch 40 Towers and love it. Um, you know, so I think, you know, I, I so yes, I think it's a, it's a, it would be a challenge to find out and to get to know them a bit better and then maybe rethink my, yeah, my initial thought about them, which was a slightly more, um, yeah, derogatory or, or slightly more kind of downbeat sort of view of how they are. Well, it's, it's very interesting because, uh, again, that comes down to attitude. And this is all about, you know, how humour can change uh, things in the world. Um, but I was interviewing Dr. Richard Bandler, who developed the field of uh, neurolinguistic programming. And uh, he said uh, something which stuck with me. He said it to me many, many years ago. He said, the meaning of your communication is the response you get. And so it's it's incumbent on us to go we can't go they are all mis they are always miserable yeah. those people surely it's down to us to find the way in yes yeah absolutely and that's how yeah of course and i think that is how we make true connections with people is that is finding our way in and finding where we sit with one another what have we got in common because we've all got something in common yeah, we've all got something. So as much as you might have lots of things that you don't agree on with another person, there will be a common ground somewhere and it's finding that and approaching yeah. it, like you say, in the right way. Yeah. And, and taking the responsibility uh, that yeah. it's my fault if, if, if they haven't uh, connected with me rather than the thing. Um, what would the world be like without humour? Goodness. What would the world be like without humour? I mean, I think it's funny, isn't it? Because obviously the last 18 months, we've been a very difficult, challenging time in the world yeah. um, with the pandemic. And I guess we've kind of leaned on humour and, and comedy and, and, and watching TV and, and, and creative, creative fields a lot, you know, not just humour and comedy, but you know, we've been, and, but there's not been a lot of comedy out. You haven't been able to go and see live comedy, for example. Um, and I think that's, that's been, you know, and it obviously it's been a terrifying time as well. So it does feel like in a certain respect, we've lost humor to a certain degree, although we've been able to watch on telly and all that kind of stuff. But I think because we've had this intensity of feeling and this, you know, we've been fearful and scared that, you know, I think perhaps you know, we've lost some of that in the last year. We've kind of experienced it to a certain extent, maybe. That's my feeling anyway. Um, and that's that's been incredibly difficult, I think, for us to deal with as a, as a, as a society. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. In the war or in different wars, people got a, a, um, a spirit. Do you, do you think that's what's lacking at the moment is that sort of that spirit or does it go through ebbs and flows whereby the spirit, you know, because I remember at the start uh, of lockdowns uh, in the UK, um, everybody was sharing memes and uh, doing, mm. and then it sort of tailed off and everybody just got a bit tired of it. And it was. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. It probably has ebbed and flowed a little bit uh, for sure. And I think, yeah, there have been moments and, and obviously, you know, I, I work with a comedian on, on, on the podcast I do blank and, you know, Jim, I know has slightly changed the way he does things. Obviously there's been a lot more online shows and all that kind of stuff. But it does just just for the sake of the question was it was just that feeling that you know maybe we have lived in a world without humor for a little bit because everyone's been so um challenged and uh scared and upset and fearful about what's you know what the future holds so it feels like you know maybe some of that sort of stuff has sort of ebbed away a little bit i'd agree that we have probably gone in in cycles and you know, there's been better times and, you know, I think like we're coming out of that a little bit now and um, we feel there's, you know, the sun's out. That makes a difference. You know, we live in a country in the UK, which has a lot of rain. Um, so again, I think there's something to be said for that with regards to our moods. Um, but in answer to your question, a world without humor, I think would be a very desperate and, 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 uh, desolate place it'd be probably like mad max uh where people would be just going around on big vehicles um slaying each other um <laughs> with, like with studded 
studded clothing on. I think it would be like this sort of weird apocalypse uh, a world without humor. That's how I kind of see it. Or would everything turn gray? I mean, I'm just thinking in my head now, we'd all look like the spitting image of John Major. We'd, we, <laughs> the color would sort of drip away from our faces and we'd all end up eating peas um, every night. I don't know. I think it would be a very a bit desperately sad situation if we if we had no humor in the world. So it's a dystopian Orwellian kind of image yeah. that you would, yeah. you've created yeah. out of that. Yeah, that's what first springs to mind when I think of a world without humor, for sure. Yeah, like I think 1984 was probably a good, a good, um, definitely a good way of looking at it. I think yeah, that kind of idea of of, of short speak and, and and not being able to you know going to the factory every day and, and yeah making language shorter and yeah I don't know yeah I think I think I think Orwellian is probably where we're at if we have no humor. Do you find yourself funny? Not generally, but um, now and again, I'll, I'll say, well, I think oh, that was quite funny what I just said. <laughs> I mean, I find myself funny when I'm I'm annoying my children. <laughs> um, but I think that's just like a, the relishing the how far I can take it um, with them with regards to yeah how 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 um, how upset I can make them with regards to yeah my little songs and stuff um, and just yeah just generally kind of annoying them a bit so I guess in those moments I do end up laughing at myself a little yeah, bit to, to your children are you like Joe Pasquale. <laughs> I know yeah, a song that will get on your nerves. Get yeah, on your nerves. Well, get on your nerves. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It's my youngest that gets it in the brunt more, really, because I walk in when I walk him to school, I'm always cut up, and he's like, "No, just can you stop?" It's just like, "Can you stop?" And and I'm like, "Well, can we do? Let's do one more. Let's do one. <laughs> let's do one more about toilet." Um, <laughs> they, they're quite. It's quite toilet based. My humour. Um, so yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't. I, yeah, I think I do. There are moments where I I, I do giggle at myself, but um, yeah, and I'm, I'm happy for to be poked fun at for sure. I'm not. I'm not um, precious. Oh, so I mean, we touched on it earlier, but the, mm. the ability to laugh at yourself and be laughed at is mm. is important as as well, isn't it? Uh, is that yeah, for, for mental yeah. health? Is that you know? Do you think that that's crucial for good mental health, that we are able to laugh at ourselves and also have fun poked at us by uh, people around us? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously there are always lines that you, you have to be careful not to cross with some people. And I know, you know, we yeah. can all be sensitive about certain things, can't we, about ourselves, for sure. But at the same time, yes, I think if in the, it, given the right environment, given the right people you're with, you know, if you know that person well, um, I think that makes it easier. Now, I, I, I realise that sometimes you might be at a comedy gig, for example, and some, you might get picked out and, 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 and picked on. Um, and then you've got to know, again, that that is um, not, it's not necessarily personal to you, but it's part of an act. It's part of a, you know, it's part of a, of a performance. Um, and again, you know, I've heard, I've heard various stories from people saying that they, they, they've done that at comedy shows. I, I mean, the acts have. And that's gone wrong, you know, and that is, you know, and people do take it to heart and, you know, can be offended by what's said and that, you know, and that does, that does happen. But I think you need to, again, you need to sort of check in with yourself and think, well, okay, that isn't, you know, I'm being used as a tool in this situation. 
and that's not necessarily like oh you know a, like a personal dig at me as as me if i asked you to write a business case uh, for humor what what would you include in it jars oh this is a tricky question um business case what oh are we any particular sector are we looking at well, no, just, I mean, uh, okay, what I, uh, our purpose here, Giles, is well, we've got to go to HR and the CEO and get okay. some money out of them to make the, to make humour relevant to their workplace. Why do, how do we sell it to them? What's going to be well, better? I think, I think, I think there's been, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not, I, I don't speak from a, from a, from a, uh, from from a pace of um, knowledge on this particularly, but I'm sure I've read cases where humour and um, certainly kind going back to kindness and compassion used in the workplace um, will, will will help your your workforce to work harder. Uh, I'm sure that there have been there probably have been trials runs of this kind of thing, but certainly you can see in like companies and there are other companies, there are other cobblers available, but Timpsons, for example, their CEO is very compassionate towards his staff um, and very kind to the public as well. If you're, if you know, if you're unemployed or James Timpson, we'll yeah, give James him a Timpson. shout out. We will. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant CEO who does lots for his staff, does lots for the community. Um, and you know, if you're unemployed, you can go and get your shoes done before you go for an interview. Amazing things. And what a wonderful thing, what a wonderful environment to work in. It must be to have that, you know, to, to know, and then the, obviously the other, lots of other businesses are, are following suit in that way and using compassion and kindness as part of their, their remit. So I think really look after your workers and they'll work, look after you. So it's, it, I think people will work hard if they know that they've got, um, the backing of their the lead the hierarchy of the business or the corporation, whatever it might be, in in allowing them um, to have I don't know more rest, more play, and to have a fun working environment. I'm sure people will want to come to work for that. Surely, I I think a hundred percent. And I, I'd actually give another shout out to Timpsons because um, I did seven series uh, for Sky of a show called School of Hard Knocks where me, Will Greenwood and Scott Quinnell took a group every year from different, um, very tough backgrounds, mm. turned them into a rugby team in order to teach them the skills they needed to get jobs. And at the job fair we had every year, Timpsons turned up every single Amazing. year, not for glory, but just to give something back. And I think uh, the kindness that they showed was repaid because, you know, a lot of people had been, you know, um, had substance abuse and uh, prison records, yeah. all those things. And uh, they, they showed warmth, they showed love. Actually, here's a word we haven't used yet. Mm. In uh, I'm, you know, it's called the Humorology Podcast, but this is about, you know, uh, connection. It's about love. It's uh, uh, about kindness mm. and, and attitude. To, to these things I think they're all in interconnected absolutely they are absolutely and another word uh, loyalty you know how much you're going to have a such a loyal workforce if you you trust them with a you know to have 
fun at work, but they will work hard for you. I think they, I think it's a vital part of it. So that would be my sales to uh, my sale case, my business case rather to uh, to the hierarchy of this business that we've made up. What are we selling? <laughs> what are we selling for? Well, uh, well, no, we're selling ROI. Return on investment. It's like they're going to work harder. They're going to stay with you longer. Loyalty, and and they're going to go the extra mile for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, so, I think it's vital. So, have you ever gotten yourself out of trouble by using humour? Hmm. I don't think I have. I don't think I'm. I'm not quick off the mark enough to to think of a of of a of a. Of a a retort or a, or a quip to get myself out of trouble. Um, I don't get in trouble a lot, I have to say. Um, luckily. That implies that you do get in trouble. <laughs> I don't. Oh, that does. You're right. Oh, I never get in trouble. Um, I don't know if humour would be my go-to. I think in trouble if I was in trouble. Um, I'm not sure humour would be my go-to emo um, emotion or, or 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 way out. I think I would probably go for go for full-on apology and hand-on-heart guilt, and 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 it, that would be my um, begging even. Um, but yeah, humour that wouldn't necessarily be my go-to. But so you're, but I can you're... See it being a good way of getting out of trouble for sure. But I, you see, I think good humour, if we take it as a thing, uh, is what you do. I mean, in the round. Okay. It is, uh, and and what you're talking about is empathy. And you would, uh, and using that level, it is what I think was all part of the process. I don't think it is just about making gags, to be honest with you. I think it's about lightening the mood. It's about showing mm. your kindness, showing that you are, connected truly connected to these people apologies which you just you know talked about yeah, I, yeah I think certainly they're... i think if, yeah sorry paul i was gonna say i think i'd certainly reflect on my behavior that would be the first thing i would probably do reflect on my own behavior and why why i got into trouble and how it affected other people and then let's see if there's a way of us working it out so that we can feel better about it um, um um, I wanted to tell our listeners uh, about your book, uh, 152 Days, is is just one of the most, uh, it's, I was going to say, um, emotional rides uh, that I, I, I've ever been on. And it's, it's written in this really interesting style, which is half prose, half poem I, I i don't really know which must have been extraordinary to write but it really sort of catches a nerve and it really does would you like to tell us a little bit more about process and i i noticed that there was little moments of humor in there that sort of sparked it off one of the thing is um well, i know it's slightly semi-autobiographical mm. but when the boy in the story goes to school and they laugh at the teacher and it seems to break the spell for a moment and everything so could you just tell us a bit more about the story because i i think it's a, a wonderful book thank you that's so kind of you to say um really appreciate it yeah the book uh was a long time in gestation really it's a free verse novel so that style is called free verse okay um so it is poetic it's like prose 
poetry um and it's something i always want i've always enjoyed writing poetry it's, it, i really wanted to write this story in that style because it, it would allow me to convey the emotions more than getting bogged down in prose um so you know i can describe a scene with with very few lines and that was really important to keep the, the momentum going and and to really sort of yeah, really dig into the emotions of it. I mean, it's, the story is semi-autobiographical. Obviously, we talked a bit earlier about losing my mum. So uh, the, the the child in the in the book is older than I was when I lost my mum. So he's a teenager. But it's certainly a lot of the emotions and the scenarios of being a teenager are real that are in the book. So, yeah, I, I shared a one-bedroom flat with my dad and my nan. Um, obviously, the nan character is very much like the nan I spoke about earlier. That's, that, that's her. Sarah Race, her name was. And, uh, yeah... A terrible cook um just the epitome of everything you don't think of a, of a grand being or a nan she was the opposite um so yeah so and and obviously it's about a child who's dealing with a, a mother going through uh, a terminal illness he's he's unable to see her because he's um suffering from pneumonia so again ironically it came out at the beginning of march in 2020 just as we were going into first lockdown so there's a lot of themes there about isolation and being isolated from a loved one while they're ill uh, and not being able to see them. And, and, and actually it was a sort of a weird serendipity that the book came out around that time, because actually a lot of people were able to relate to it because they were having, they were going through similar scenarios because of COVID. So it was, it was one of those weird things, but yeah, I wasn't able to see my, uh, I had pneumonia when I was quite young and, and I wasn't able to see my mum and visit my mum when she was having treatment. So that, that's a big focus of the book um and yeah and he 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 falls in love with uh um a physiotherapist who's who's helping him and and he there is this sort of she sort of shows him that there's hope and life and and love is still within his life and and, and going forwards he you know the, even though you know you're losing a loved one those things those feelings ca carry on um and the humor was yeah it was important obviously the book's very dark and there are, you know, very poignant scenes in it, but it was important to have little moments, even if it was very light humour, just little bits to just break that up a little bit, you know, and obviously the, the grandmother characters, there's sort of bit moments of her eccentricities are, are, are humorous and, and yeah, like bits in the school and stuff. So it was really important for me to have a few bits in there just to, because otherwise it's just relentless kind of sadness and poignant, you know, and you kind of need to break it up sometimes with, with bits and that's and that's the wonderful thing we've, we've talked about today is that humor does that you know when we're going through difficult times different moments humor is there to break it up and you know give us a different set of feelings to have that aren't just those aren't just sadness or um depression you know we can have different set of feelings it's very poignant as well and i i, I think it uh, and the book um, really sort of shows that you know in parallel, there are still funny things happening. There are still, you know, lightness moments. And I think it's very good for everybody to read, to understand that we're all going to go through grief at yeah. some stage. And, and I think that's what it does. But actually, you, you, you have to find the funny even in those times. And I think the book is is marvelous for that, and really, really is 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 worth people uh, finding out because we're all going to go through those feelings at some stage. Thank um, you. We've well, it's absolute pleasure because it, it it is a wonderful book. We've come to the moment in the show, Giles, mm. which I know you can't wait for. 
uh, which is called Quick Fire Questions. Okay. Quick Fire Questions. Who's the funniest business person or person in business who you've met? Oh, goodness. Um, who's the funniest person in business I've met? Well, uh, I used to work for WH Smiths, and the area manager who used to come around was the... I was talking about my neighbours. This guy was the most miserable person, but it was so he was so miserable, so uptight, so stressed all the time that it, it was funny. Um, you know, like, so again, going back to that kind of, you know, unintentional funniness, I've never known someone so uptight in my life. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I, it was sort of thing. I never quite got in there with him to know if there was a way in to just ease some of the tension for him. But yeah, I mean, it was always spattered down the hatches if, if the area manager was coming down because well, it's funny. Is it? Isn't that funny? I it just I had this image in my head because I know exactly the kind of person who did. When I was uh, young, I worked with a good friend of mine who sadly passed on now, um, uh, called Tim Graham. We worked at the post office, the Paddington GPO, as it was then, mm. and uh, we had a boss who was the most miserable person we'd ever seen, <laughs> but made us cry with laughter, and we called him fucking hell. Because <laughs> that's perfect for this guy as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's all he ever said. Is he went, oh <laughs> fucking hell! You took the fucking piss last year. Don't take the fucking piss this year. And it honestly used to make us cry with laughter. Years and years later, we would still do an impression of him. So I understand that that's a whole new concept for the Humorology Project, where, whereby it's somebody who's that miserable, <laughs> yeah. that they are the funniest person you've ever yeah. worked with. He was almost like Captain Mannering. It's sort of like very stoic as well, you know, like, well, we, we, yeah, but um, hilarious. Yeah, so I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but um, I hope he's happier now. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, what book makes you laugh? So my favourite funny book is uh, Peter Cook's um, book. Um, so I was an only I, I so I was an only twin, um, <laughs> which is uh, it's basically lots of scripts from Pete and Dad times and um, all the way to when he did those radio call-ins with Clive Anderson. And well, he did some interviews nope. with Clive Anderson nope. when he went on, didn't he? As, yeah, no, he did interviews, but he yeah. did um, he did um, the radio stuff with yes. Clive Bull, who we've Clive had Ball, on the podcast. Oh, well, there you go. You see, yeah, that, yes, that was. I mean, just I mean, the book is just one. I can pick it. One, it's great because it's scripts. You can just pick it up and read through. But some of the some of the dialogue is just unbelievable. I mean, it's just some of the funniest things I've ever read. And obviously, I've gone back and. I've got an old DVD. I know they lost, the BBC lost a lot of the footage from the early shows, which is because they taped over them. Madness. Um, yeah. But what's left, I've obviously gone back and, and watched again. And it's, the, I mean, the Pete and Dud stuff is just, it's so wonderful. Oh, I completely agree. What film makes you laugh, Jars? Um, Well, there's loads of films, actually. I mean... Going back, I mean, I think one of the first comedy films I probably watched was Life of Brian. Um, so I've always been a big Monty Python fan. And, and that film still is just still, it's so it's still as fresh as it was then. Brilliant, brilliant film. But funny enough, 
a film that I'm very warm. It's not the funniest film in the world, but my son finds it absolutely hilarious is Happy Gilmore, which is um, the Adam Sandler movie, which, yeah, about golf. And um, what's lovely is that he's old enough to watch it now. And, you know, he, he, he he's always quoting it. Um, all the bits with um, with the mentor who's had his hand eaten by a crocodile, um, he, <laughs> um, played by Cole Weathers beautifully. Uh, yeah, he's always quoting those those scenes. So that's that's been a one recently that we've we've grown to love together. So that's that's always nice when you can. What I've I've loved is my youngest is really into film, so it's been nice to be able to go watch and start to introduce him to some of the films that I've always found funny. So now we're going to take a shift to the other side, um, which is uh, what's not funny. Hmm. What's not funny? Well, obviously, anything that is truly offensive to minority groups, I wouldn't find funny. It's tricky nowadays because I think, you know, and I know Ricky Gervais has talked about this quite a lot extensively about that everything should be funny. You know, everything's open to to, to, to humor but i guess there are there are you know there are certain things that you, sh you shouldn't make um light of you know um uh, and that's always a fine line and i find it you know it's incredibly difficult i think for comedians to to or, or for comedy writers to find to find a balance sometimes in what they're you know what they're putting out there and, and you know we're in a rapidly changing world as well so it's finding that yeah, isn't yeah, it? Isn't there also something we were talking about this with Joe Brand? It's something about uh, which is, is it done with the right attitude? Is it done yeah. from your standpoint? You know, is it cruel or is it ultimately mm. kind and just observational? And yeah. uh, isn't it something to do with that? That should everything be allowed to be humorous, but so, I mean, the, the, the point Ricky Gervais makes, of course, which is a very valid one, is that mm. everything is funny until it's about you, about yeah. something that you, you know, so, you know, if, if, you know, people with beards, you know, you hold on that you've gone too far now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, we've got to be, you know, I think also I think it's important that, you know, talking about minority comedy, that those people are allowed to talk about, their experiences and you know if you're talking about stand-up comedy for example giving the opportunities to those people to come out and do their comedy about their experiences and that they can talk about those things i think that's probably where the, needs to be a key change and giving opportunities to those comedians more so that we you know we can have a better array of comedy out there and that we can hear from other people but let it be them doing the comedy as opposed to other people yeah no i i think that's a very valid point um what word makes you laugh? I mean, uh, who? I, mean, <laughs> that's a brilliant... I could see it coming, to be honest <laughs> with you. It was like it, you played it in your head. I was reading your, your eye accessing cues and I go, here, here comes Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because it's just so, it's such a silly word. And, and going back to my songs that I, I, I composed for my son, um, very organically when we walk down the road who rhymes with so many different things you see it's very easy word to use in in songs um so yeah that's why i love it so much and it, it just never fails to make me laugh i mean i say to my children if they're in a bad mood i say to them if i say i'm gonna make you laugh 
okay and i'm gonna all i'm gonna do is say poo and you know and after about the third poo or the fourth poo um they're 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 creasing up and and they've forgotten all about what's uh troubling them so i think you know for most people actually if you just went up to them and said poo i think they probably i i think well, you're right we're we're all fairly basic what, yeah. what made me laugh <laughs> what made me laugh by the way is i i love the way you described it as songs i compose i love the grandeur <laughs> of composing a song about poo <laughs> Well, I was trying to think of a better word, but but composed seemed apt. I oh, don't know. No, I just had this mental image of you <laughs> conducting you, a, a full orchestra of people, like <laughs> wearing a tailcoat and sort of like <laughs> drawing out the dots, you know. And, yeah. You know, and I think uh, it'll go to poo at the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, would you rather be considered clever or funny? Oh, funny. Definitely. Yeah, definitely funny, I think. Maybe I should add in the word kind, clever, kind or funny. Do you mm, have to okay. choose between oh, those? Oh, goodness. Now that's harder. Yeah, I guess kind would be the one, I think. Yeah, if I had to choose between those two. I've never been bothered about being clever. I didn't do it necessarily very well at school. I wasn't academic. Um, I know what I know. And that's enough, probably. Um, and, you know, I learned along the way. The rest of the stuff that i probably need to know so yeah i've never thought you know being clever has never been a big priority to me but yeah being kind and funny would definitely be a priority over being clever well by the way i think that is clever if you can live your life being kind and funny i i think you know you're automatically clever at that one and finally giles desert island gags mm. you can only take one gag with you to a desert island what is it? Okay. This is the only joke I can ever remember. I'm not, I'm not brilliant at remembering jokes. Um, but it's what do you call an exploding monkey? A baboon. <laughs> Which doesn't quite work because I don't think, um, I think orangutans are, um, oh no, baboons are apes, aren't they? So it doesn't, yeah. I don't so, think but many people will get work. you on the technicality, to be honest well, with you. My kids have brought me up on that. <laughs> <laughs> and it nearly rhymes with poo as well. I know, which is brilliant. Yeah, not a poo joke in there. Um, but yeah, that's the only joke I can ever remember. So yeah. But monkey's a better word than ape. Yeah, no, no, it is. It's funnier because it's got a K yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Giles Paley Phillips, thank you so much for your honesty, your humility and your humour. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. The Humorology podcast was hosted by Paul Barros and produced by Simon Banks. Music by Steve Hayworth, creative direction by Les Hughes and additional research by Helen Sykes. Please remember to subscribe, like and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Big Sky production.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 